Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This is going to be for Isaiah chapter 2. And the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. The footnote says, Isaiah chapters 2 through 14 are quoted from the brass plates by Nephi in 2 Nephi 12 to 24. There are some differences in wording which should be noted. Uh, As he says that he saw the Hebrew kazah, earning envisioned, or meaning envisioned, it, it means Isaiah received his message through a vision from the Lord. Verse 2, And it came to pass in the last days, When the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. The principal features of both Zions will be the temple that will be established in each Zion, and the Lord who will sit as king in the throne rooms of the temples. Doctrine and Covenants 133. Let them, therefore, who are among the Gentiles flee into Zion, and and let them who be of Judah flee into Jerusalem unto the mountains of the Lord's house. When the Mormon pioneers, sorry, that's what it re, that's how it reads. I know we don't say Mormons anymore. When the Mormon pioneers first came to the Salt Lake Valley, they called in in the surrounding regions, Deseret, from the Book of Mormon Jaredite word meaning honeybee. The name was chosen to, the name was chosen to symbolize the industriousness of the people. However, when the citizens of Deseret first sought to join the United States as a territory, Congress sought to impose its will by denying their choice of name. The name Utah, the name given to the region of the Ute Indians, was mandated instead, applying the practice of retaining the original Indian name followed by many states of the United States. Thus, Utah became the name of the territory in 1869 and finally the name of the state in 1896. It was not known at that time that Utah in the Ute language means the top of the mountains. Under the circumstances, it cannot be said that assignment of the name of Utah to the state was contrived by those wishing to demonstrate fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Isn't it interesting that uh, as, as Isaiah is prophesying here about that the Lord's house will be established in the tops of the mountains, and the word Utah means top of the mountains, Isaiah is actually saying the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in Utah. Boom! The temple represents the highest point on earth, which symbolically connects heaven and earth. It is where God's word is revealed to his prophets. I guess I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Joseph Smith said, All nations, which means some people from all nations, shall come to obey the God of all nations and to build the kingdom of God. For something to flow like a river up a mountain, notice that it said in the scriptures that all nations shall flow unto it, and it's going up the hill. A power greater than gravity must be at work. This power is the power of God and of the temple. Or it shall come to pass in the last days that the nation having the Lord's temple will be established as the chief among the nations and shall be exalted above the lesser nations and all nations shall stream unto it. It, in the latter days, then a nation, America, will have a temple or house of the Lord in a place called Utah, the top of the mountains. From the Ute language, that nation will pre- become preeminent over all nations, and people from all nations will stream in large numbers unto it. This prophecy has been at least partially fulfilled. Elements, such as the flowing of all nations unto it, have, been partial, have seen partial fulfillment, but may yet be fulfilled to an even greater degree. Verse 3, that was out of the book uh, Isaiah, the Times of Fulfillment. 
A lot of the quotes are going to be from that book and from some other books too. I'm not this smart, I'll tell you. Verse 3, And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The Lord will teach us through revelation given through his prophets and apostles through the scriptures and by way of personal revelation. Specifically, we will learn of God's ways in his temple. The Salt Lake Temple and Conference Center, President Hinckley, in the October conference of 2000, uh, said that that that, that that's what it had reference to. Harold B. Lee, let's see, these will be the two religious capitals of the, for the kingdom of God during the millennium. One will be located in Independence, Missouri. The other will be found in Old Jerusalem. Both centers will be called Zion and Jerusalem, and they will possess great temples. Verse 4, And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And that means during the millennium. Joseph Smith said, There will be wicked men on the earth during the thousand years. The heathen nations who will not come up to worship will be visited with the judgments of God, and must eventually be destroyed from the earth. Um, okay, give me the money that has been spent on war, and I will clothe every man, woman, and child in an attire of which kings and queens would be proud. I will build a schoolhouse in every valley over the whole earth, and will crown every hillside with a place of worship consecrated to the gospel of peace. That was by Charles Sumner. President Hinckley quoted that. Verse 5, now this verse, Isaiah switches back to his own time. O house of Jacob, come ye, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Verse 6, Isaiah is speaking to the Lord in prayer. Therefore, O Lord, thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob. The soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Okay, so the Hebrew here, uh, because they be replenished from the east, i.e. are filled supplies with teachings, alien beliefs, they looked to Assyria and their gods for religion, and hearken unto the soothsayers, false prophets like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Hebrew means to clasp hands or to participate and make covenants to a, in apostate temple systems with those who are not affiliated with the true Israelite temple. It also means that they should not intermarry with those who do not belong to the covenant Israel. Verse 7, their land also is full of silver and gold, neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land is also full of horses, neither is there any end of their chariots. The people were wealthy and materialistic and did not seek God first. Horses and chariots are a symbol of warfare. Verse 8, their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. And the mean or ordinary man, poor man, boweth not down, and the great man humbleth himself not, therefore forgive them not. Not worshiping the true God, Isaiah has testified against Israel, and now, according to the custom of the court, the judge will deliver his sentence. In this case, the judgment will be delivered by Jesus Christ during the day of Jehovah. Verse 10, the events that will accompany the second coming will be dreadful for the wicked and the proud and haughty. They will be brought down into the dust through the power, might, and glory of Jesus Christ, and God alone will be exalted. Now the verse, O ye wicked ones, enter into the rock and hide ye in the dust for fear of the Lord, and the glory of his majesty shall smite thee. And it shall come to pass that the lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts soon cometh upon all nations, yea, upon everyone, yea, upon the proud and lofty, and upon everyone who is lifted up, and he shall be brought low. Yea, and the day of the Lord shall come, 
upon all the cedars of Lebanon, for they are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan. Symbolically, the scriptures consistently use trees to represent men. Green trees are righteous people, and dry trees represent the wicked. Oaks and cedars are like proud people, who Isaiah informs us are high and lifted up, and the day of the Lord shall come upon them too. Verse 14, And upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills, and upon all the nations which are lifted up, or false temples, and upon every people, and upon every high tower, and upon every fenced wall. In other words, man's attempts to protect themselves. Verse 16, And upon all the ships of the sea, and upon all the ships of Tarshish, the Greek Septuagint version has one phrase that the Hebrew does not, and the Hebrew has one phrase that the Greek does not, but Second uh, Nephi chapter 12, verse 16 has both. And upon all pleasant pictures, or pleasure crafts, and the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day, and the idols he shall utterly abolish. And they shall go into the holes of the rocks, and into the caves of the earth, for the fear of the Lord shall come upon them. And the glory of his majesty shall smite them when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. In that day, meaning the second coming, a man shall cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which he hath made for himself to worship to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the the ragged rocks, for fear of the Lord shall come upon them. And the, the majesty of his glory shall smite them when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. Cease ye from man, whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? Cease depending on mortal man, he is of little power compared to God. Don't trust in the arm of flesh, in other words. So that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Isn't this fun? Don't you love Isaiah? See you next time. Bye.